for a long time I struggled internally with myself of like, when am I a real designer? You know, like always asking myself that question of when do I officially switch from like being someone who has this dream and who wants to be a designer and who is working towards being a designer to actually being a designer. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. We are both designers, as you can probably tell from the the episode, um, well, podcast title being Design Life. But today we're going to talk about switching to design from a different career. And this comes by way of an email I had from a YouTube viewer. Um, I'm not going to read out their name because I haven't asked permission to share this on the show. So I'm just going to read out a portion of the email so you can get the gist of what's going down. And because I think this is a very common, like, yeah, situation to be in. So this person talks about loving art and design and drawing and that they went into, um, basically went into marketing after university, after school. They were particularly interested in the branding and advertising side of the business. And so that's why they went into marketing. Um, now that they have three and a half years of marketing experience on the client side, um, they've realized that actually it's the design tasks that they enjoy the most. So they want to move into a design focused role full time. So basically they're looking for advice on how to make such a transition. And this is the interesting conundrum is they say, I've been told by recruiters that I'm overqualified for a junior designer role, but I'm not proficient enough for a midway designer. It's <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, and I know Fem, you kind of switched from marketing to design not kinder you literally did <laughs> so this is going to be a good thing to talk about i think but first it's been a little bit since we recorded so how is life what is up anything to report i can report that i no longer have jet lag since i got Ooh. back from vacation <laughs> i can also report that i got back into my exercise routine i had kind of let that slip while i was on vacation i went with the full intention of running while i was away but I was so tired and we were hiking throughout the day and I felt like I was already being active enough that I did not run while I was on vacation. But now that I'm back, uh, it's a new week. I have recovered from jet lag. So I decided now is a better time than ever to get back into it. So ran in the rain yesterday. Actually, I don't know what it's like in, in London. Usually it's similar to Amsterdam, but I feel like as soon as the 1st of October came around, it's like, right, summer is over. Here's the rain. <laughs> here's the wind. Here's the dark mornings again. Uh, so it feels like winter is approaching, which is sad. So yeah, went for a run in the in the darkness and the rain yesterday. Uh, so pretty proud of that. I feel like as I was running, I was sort of mentally giving a high five to every other runner that I passed. You know, <laughs> like when you're both out there in the cold and the rain, it's kind of like, Woohoo, we got this. Uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of fun. But yeah, other than that, pretty good. Next week, I am going to India for work, which is very exciting. I have never been to India before. Neither. If you're listening to this and have tips for how to uh, travel in India, I'm open to hearing them. I've heard lots of different like advice and stories and things to watch out for from different people. So I'm kind of nervous, but mostly very excited. I'm going with my whole team, so it should be very, very fun. And this weekend, actually, before I go to India, I'm going to Copenhagen with you, Charlie, which is really fun. Woo! Yeah, we're going to the Confront Conference, and there's also a few community members that are also going to the conference. So I'm very, very excited to meet some community members and attend the conference and just all around have a, have a fun weekend. 
Yeah, that's going to be awesome. In fact, we leave tomorrow for that. So yeah, I feel like I need to go pack a suitcase or something. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) How are you? I'm well, just been yeah going hard on all the side projects because I have a lot of travel coming up in the next two months. So yeah, just really trying to get ahead. Not super succeeding, but trying. <laughs> and that's the important thing. You yes, know. that's the thing that counts as trying. Yeah, I had, I don't know if I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast yet, but I had kind of overbooked myself for the second half of the year in terms of projects with other people so like not just my own side projects but like working with brands or like you know trips that sort of thing and I said no to one basically I cancelled we we hadn't signed the contract yet but we were in the stages of like organizing when I'd go out on this trip that a brand would sponsor and all of this and it was just really stressing me out thinking about trying to fit it in and so I was like actually sorry I can't do this like I've realized it doesn't fit my schedule there's just no time and yeah, that's, I've felt so much better ever since I did that, basically. Yeah. I need to, I think it's in, oh, what book was it? There was a book that I read where the advice was when you're trying to decide on something, if the answer isn't, or an opportunity, if the answer isn't hell yes, then it's a no. Like, even if you're only like, yeah, that would kind of be cool, then you should still say no to it. And I need to get better at actually taking that on because I've had a few actual hell yes opportunities come up and I do know the difference right in in how they feel compared to a yeah I guess that'd be cool so I need to get better at that basically yeah I do too you're at least better at me that you admit that you can no longer do something and tell them I'm I'm the bad person that just stops replying to emails (laughs) because I feel really guilty (laughs) about like changing my mind about doing something or realizing that I don't have the time to do it so I need to learn a little bit from you and actually like, you know, being responsible and facing up to admitting that, oh, actually, maybe this isn't the right opportunity or maybe I can't take this on right now. And just having an honest conversation with with the person about it, because I am really bad at that. And I'm sorry if you're listening and you have been on the receiving end of that. Um, so, yeah, I need to learn both of those things. <laughs> it's like professional ghosting (laughs) it is right and with email it's really easy to do (laughs) yeah I know trust me I do that also fam I'm I'm not very good at this either in fact I I'm really good at putting things off to a future date because I'm like oh I don't have time to answer this person or like get on a demo with them right now whatever it is they want I'll just tell them to get in touch with me in like two months time you know and and say that then but now I just checked my email this morning and there's an email from someone who I'd told to get in touch with me mid-October and I was like why are they emailing me again oh Oh, it's it's (laughs) mid-October dang it I also struggle like if if I don't receive a deadline then I just don't do it yeah I really need a deadline to do things and if people just say oh whenever you have time or oh in a few weeks that would be great yeah I just never do it and if they don't follow up with me about it then I'm kind of like well I guess it obviously wasn't that important or that critical so I'll just wait until they really actually realize that they need it and give me a proper deadline. So I don't know if that's the best attitude, but that's kind of how I've been doing it. I don't think it is, but, <laughs> but it works. So should we switch into giving some actual useful advice? Okay, yeah, sorry. Like few, no, no. The past few minutes, um, everyone listening, th- those are our flaws. Like, <laughs> do as we say, not as we do when it comes to those things. Yeah, yeah. We, we still have to learn a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. We're only human after all. So switching from marketing to design, or I guess really we could talk about switching from any career into design. 
because I know a lot of, well, not a lot of, but at least a couple of developers who have switched into the design side of things after kind of seeing, like working with designers maybe and seeing how that works. Um, and I've definitely, I know of marketers as well who've done the same thing. Once they've gotten into the industry, they realize the actual fun, creative side of things that they were really interested in comes from the design side and less so on the marketing side. So they've wanted to make that switch. What was the switch like for you? And I'd be curious to hear about any, I don't know, disadvantages you felt like you faced having a marketing background, like trying to switch into design. Yeah. So for context, those listening who maybe don't know my full backstory, I studied marketing. So I have a degree in marketing and I realized as I got towards the end of the degree that I was more interested in the creative side, similar to to the person who sent in the email, except I realized this during my study and not during work. So I I thought like, okay, I've, I've got two options. Like I could either now go and study design or I could see if I could get a design job straight out of university without having any design experience. And I thought maybe the last one was a little bit too risky. So I decided to do a little bit of design study. But during that period, while I was doing, I did a year and a half or so, it wasn't that long of of design study. I actually had a job where I worked mostly in marketing and communications. So then I was kind of in the similar position of this person where I had a job, I was doing marketing, I got to do a little bit of design tasks. And, you know, as I got more and more into design school, I tried to take more and more design tasks on in in the job that I was in, because that was more where my interest was leading. And actually, I, I think for me, I I, I don't think of it as having the marketing degree had any sort of disadvantages. I actually, in a way, feel like in, in general, it comes as an advantage. Uh, like I think marketing and design go really well together. And so I think that this person is actually in the perfect position to make this transition. It sounds like they're already in sort of a creative role. They're not doing design all the time, but they are having the opportunity to take on some design tasks and do some creativity. So if you ask me, this person is in the perfect position to to now actually make that transition. And that's kind of where I was as well a, a year and a half ago, where I realized that I was ready for a full-time design role and was no longer as interested in the marketing tasks anymore, really liked the design side and wanted to make that full-time transition. And so that's when I decided a year and a half ago, like, okay, this is what I want to do. And now I'm going to try try and achieve this and make that transition. That makes sense. Yeah, I could definitely see, I, well, I mean, firmly believe that it's an advantage to have the marketing experience when becoming a designer, I only took a few like marketing papers as part of my degree and I already feel like they came in handy for sure. But do you feel like you receive any, like not judgment so much, but is it a disadvantage to have your marketing degree and your marketing job as your experience on your resume or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I definitely felt that way for a long time and I now realize that I don't think that's necessarily true, but for a long time I struggled internally with myself of like, when am I a real designer? You know, like always asking myself that question of when do I officially switch from like being someone who has this dream and who wants to be a designer and who is working towards being a designer to actually 
being a designer. And I struggled with that for a long time of like, like understanding and believing who I was and what my thing was, uh, because I was this person that was carrying around this quote unquote baggage of like a marketing degree, but I was trying to be a designer. And then I felt like a tryhard. And then I also felt like an imposter because I wasn't really a designer, but I was trying to be a designer. So that was more what I struggled with internally of like, when am I actually a real designer? That took me a while to figure out and sort of accept as well for myself. I'm curious, did that acceptance and like realization within yourself come around the same time as you were able to land your full-time design job? No, it actually came before then. Okay. Which I think is an important thing because I think that if I didn't believe in myself that I was a designer, I wouldn't have gotten a a full-time design role because I think you have to believe in yourself, right? Yep, completely. It came before then. So it was still while I was in my marketing role and I had taken on some client projects, you know, doing a bit of freelance on the side to get that extra design fix or however you want to sort of phrase that. Yeah. You know, eventually I, I just told myself I'm a real designer. Like I've, I'm getting paid to do design work. I have some clients. I've studied design now. By that stage, I had completed my design study. And so I, I had that moment of acceptance, like, okay, I'm a real designer Now I have the confidence and the belief in myself to actually go out and and make that transition into a full-time designer and find a full-time role. Yeah, I love that. Completely agree. And I think, well, I mean, not being someone who has switched careers like this myself, I don't know for sure, but I think that if you're switching, you might struggle more with this imposter syndrome than someone who decided, you know, right out of high school or whatever, that they wanted to be a designer. Yeah, yeah. Because you've already built up this identity for yourself, especially in the case of this person's email where they've been working for three and a half years in marketing. You know, that's a long time to build up that identity and that side of yourself. So it will take time to build up that design side to the point where you feel like you're more of a designer than a marketer. Um, And I think it's okay that that takes time. Something that I, I wonder about and think I'd like to recommend to people switching. This is coming from the side of someone who's hired designers and recently we were hiring a front-end developer at ConvertKit and I saw a lot of this as well. I think the advice applies, but is if you have more experience in a different field than the one that you're applying for a job in, I think you need to really play up where the strengths and the like tasks, perhaps skills is the word I'm looking for, from that other field overlap with design with one that you're going into because I saw a lot of resumes of people who so we were looking for a front-end developer right so specifically focus on the front end there was a lot of people who had a lot of back-end experience but I was like okay but how good are you at like making the pixels look exactly like my design like yes you can make it function but this is the bit I want to know and same with design like if you've mostly got marketing experience even though there's a lot of overlap and a lot of the skills can transfer it's not the same thing, right? Like you do do need to have different skills to be a designer than to be a marketer. There's this added layer of the creative and like the bringing stuff to life side of things that you really need to have and demonstrate. So I would recommend that if you're in this position, switching from marketing to design, you really highlight the parts, the things you were doing in your job that do relate to design, like the idea generation, um, iteration, those, those sorts of things would be really good to talk about. Even though it might be obvious to you where the skills overlap, it might not be to the person hiring you. So show them why that 
years of experience you have in this other field should be worthy of considering as part of this role because it's easy just to write off anything that isn't related experience right said in quote marks yeah yeah totally i i agree completely and i think you're right most of us focus a lot on the i guess i'll call them like tangible skills related to the role that you're applying for right like if you're applying for a developer role then it's obvious and common for people to focus on their development skills if they're applying for that role but of course there's also a lot of other other skills that are very complementary and might not directly relate to say being a developer but can totally contribute towards your role and position as a developer so I completely agree and that's also what I tried to do when I started applying for design roles is to focus on the other core skills or the soft skills or complementary skills, however you want to call it, that I felt like I could bring to the table. So they weren't necessarily design related skills, but they were other skills that I've learned, whether it's from my experience in doing marketing as a job or also outside experience like public speaking, for example, you know, I've spoken at conferences. So those kind of things as well. All of that stuff that you can bring to the table are definitely worth highlighting that, that will help complement your your skills for the actual role that you're applying for. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And especially in the case of a developer becoming a designer and, you know, even for marketing as well, I think it'd be cool to talk about why you want to make that switch because that will give you a, a chance to show that passion, right? Like, why did you get interested in design? from what this other thing you were doing, you know? And I think also demonstrate that you understand they're different. And in front-end development especially, I think this is important because a lot of, like, the outside world who aren't super close to it kind of think design and development are the same thing when it comes to web design especially. So pointing out that you understand the difference and the different skills that you've learned because of this interest in, in design or, you know, even saying the things that you feel like you still need to learn... I think will be really important. Yeah. And, and I also think like, don't underestimate your, your passion too. Right. Yeah. And, and I want to go into sort of the, the last part of their question about how they've been told by recruiters that they're overqualified for junior, but not proficient enough for a midway role. And, and this kind of relates to that is often like when, when I've interviewed junior designers, what I'm looking for is, of course, like interest in, in design and skills in design, but also maybe even more importantly is looking for passion and looking for drive and looking for eagerness and willingness to learn and willingness to grow. Because I think that's also really, really important for a, a junior role or for someone maybe new to the field is you want to look for someone who you think has potential. And that's sort of my my advice also to this person. I, I think it's unfortunate that they've been told that they're too overqualified for a junior role and not proficient for midweight. My, my sort of opinion on this is that the best position for you to go into is one where you can grow and learn. And you always want to have something to, to work towards, right? So for me, like I came into Uber as a junior role and that was really good for me because I then got the opportunity to learn and to grow into the next phase. So I would sort of try and I would tell this person to try and focus on that and maybe bring that, express that as well. Like talk about your willingness to learn, you know, talk about how maybe you're interested in being mentored or, you know, want to learn more from the team and say that you're looking for a role that will allow you to grow. And so 
maybe the midweight role is is the right place for you. Even though you might not be at that level, it might challenge you, right? Or alternatively, maybe the junior role is better for you because you're, you're kind of already a bit proficient and then you can kind of see the finish line of getting to the next level. So I don't know. I, I feel like the excuse or the reasons that they've been given by the recruiters is uh, a bit poor. Yeah. And, and that it sounds like the recruiters are not considering that this person's going to grow and develop and learn over time. So I'd try and highlight that as well, that, that you're hoping to improve in the role. And so hopefully that'll give you a bit more wiggle room as to whether you're going to be junior or midweight. See, I don't know. I read this and I think this person should definitely be in a junior role. I don't think that someone who's just getting into design should be in a midway role, no matter what experience like they have technically in the workforce before then. Um, and obviously, I only know from what I talked about in this person's email, so making just wild calls here. Yeah. But I wonder if perhaps they're being told they're overqualified for a junior role because they're leading with the fact that they have three and a half years experience in the industry, you know, because obviously we want to highlight how long we've been around for how long we've been in the workforce and been a professional and that you know we can do this we can do a good job but you have to understand I think when you're switching careers that the years of experience you've had in your past career don't directly apply to your new one yes we've talked about there's a lot of overlap in skills and she's in a better position than someone who has just gotten out of design school possibly you know because you've got that real world experience but yes I, I, I do think that maybe downplaying the three and a half years of experience. Cause if I saw that in someone applying for a junior role, it'd kind of be an automatic pass because you're like, Oh, this person's overqualified, you know? Right. And when, when you're going through a bunch of resumes and you've got hundreds of people who have applied, you're basically looking for any reason to disqualify people. So don't give them that chance. Like talk about the design experience you've had and then later down in the cover letter or the CV or whatever, say that you've had three and a half years of marketing experience and I would recommend not trying to make your marketing job sound like a design job. Call it what it is. Call out the tasks that you got to do that got you interested in design. But yeah, I think it would be a mistake to, and I'm I'm not saying this person did this, I just think it'd be a very common thing to do, is to try and make your previous experience sound like experience that relates directly to this new role, right, that you're switching to. So don't try and make it sound like you're working in design for three and a half years because if you don't have a portfolio that matches up with three and a half years experience, then you're going to be told you're not proficient enough to be at a midweight designer level, you know, which it might be what's happening. So yeah, call it what it is, is what I'm saying. And I think that when you're switching careers, you might be have, you might have, (laughs) that's a way to say this, you might have to be willing to take a pay cut as well. That's the tough thing, I think. Like, for example, if I decided I wanted to switch to becoming a front-end developer full-time, I have had a year experience of, year and a half now, I think, of developing my own designs, right? So technically, I've been developing for a year and a half, but it hasn't been my focus. And so I would expect that if I wanted to move into a role like that, I would be in a junior role because I have a lot of work to, like, a lot of more learning to do, like you were talking about, Femme. And I also wouldn't expect to be paid as much as I am as a designer with, you know, seven, eight years experience, whatever it is I have now, because this would be my first role as a developer. I don't think that I'd expect to have a base level, like entry level salary, um, but maybe, who knows? I think you have to be willing if you want to make that switch. You have to be willing and able to, unfortunately, to take that pay cut. 
which is what makes it inaccessible for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. How we tend to do things at Uber, at least in design, is that you're put into a role. So I'm trying to think how to best describe this. So let's say you have junior designer and midweight designer. Those are the two levels. That's not how it is, but let's just say for simplification that that's how it is. So it tends to be that we kind of do leveling a little bit different from other places. So if we believe that, uh, let's say you're a midweight like your, your skills are midweight, we tend to, you tend to then get a junior role because then you can really excel. So it's ah. kind of like reversed. Yep. So if you have, if you're demonstrating mid, midweight level skills, let's say, then we'll put you in a junior position. So then you'll, you'll really have an opportunity to excel. And once you kind of then reach a level where you're demonstrating like actions and responsibility of, you know, the next tier, then you get put up. So you only get put up to the next level when you're already demonstrating the skills of the next level, if that kind of makes sense, as opposed to like, oh, okay, you've been junior for two years and you're still kind of acting junior, but it's about time that you go to the next level. And then once you get to the next level, you'll figure out how to be that level, if that kind of makes sense. So it's more about like you're in a level where you have the opportunity to kind of grow yourself and sort of demonstrate the the responsibilities of the next level so you kind of achieve the next level while you're still in the first level if that makes sense so I think what I'm trying to say is that maybe like you said Charlie the junior role for this person is the best place to be not just because they you know don't have the 3.5 years of design experience but also because that might be a good place for them to grow and to learn about what the midweight level is and try and get there and develop those skills while they're still in the junior role. Yeah. And to shine, right. Is basically what you're talking about. Yeah. is to shine. And so, you know, then you become a top junior designer and that's when you, you know, might get moved up to the next level. That was really hard to explain, but I hope that that kind of made sense. Yeah. It made sense to me for sure that they want to challenge you to be doing the role before you get given it. Basically, it's not just going to be handed to you. Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I do think that this person is in the the best position to make the switch and that their, you know, experience in doing the small design tasks is definitely valuable and should, should be mentioned and highlighted, you know, when applying for things, you know, the people who tell you that you're overqualified for a junior role. Yeah. I don't know. What, what would you advise this person to, to sort of say back to that, Charlie? Would you tell them to focus on the fact that, you know, yes, I know maybe I have three, 3.5 years of experience in marketing. My experience in design is less and I'm really looking to learn and, and switch. And I don't know, what, what would you sort of recommend that they say back to this sort of comment? Yeah, that's tough, right? Because it sounds like you're essentially trying to convince them that you're not as good as they think you are. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which is yeah. a weird situation to be in. And I don't think you should, like, don't think of it like that. I think more highlight that... You would love to be in a junior role because of the learning you know you'll be able to do there. If you know for sure there's a team, like a design team you'd be on, talk about the fact that you'd love to learn from your peers and you think that you could really um, value, like bring value to the team from diving in at that junior level and just being really keen to learn and, and keen to help out. If you like highlighted that, I don't think you'd be denied a junior designer role for being overqualified, you know, and if, if you are still, if you still get that after saying that, then honestly, it just sounds like the company is making an excuse and they just don't know how to tell you the truth or something, I guess. Yeah. So 
yeah, don't don't take it to heart and you you know what level you should be at and just make sure that your resume is also shooting for that. But I yeah, it doesn't make sense to me this overqualified for a junior designer role feedback. Like if someone wants to be in a junior position and they want to learn, then who are you to tell them that they shouldn't actually be there? Like it just makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully this is helpful feedback. Uh, I I know that we wanted to keep this person anonymous, but uh, I hope that you will email them this episode so that they can listen to our advice. Yep, for sure I will. And I hope it helps anyone else out there who's been thinking of switching into design because I know that, I don't know, I think just lately I've seen a lot of people do that where design is being talked about a lot in the world. People are seeing it as a legit career, you know. Finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. About time, right? And and getting more interested in taking it on. So yeah, I think a lot of people are making this switch. You are not alone if you're doing this. And it's also completely normal um, to see on resumes. I'm sure you know this too, Fim. You talked about hiring junior designers. Like, It's completely normal to see people with backgrounds that aren't design school or that they've been doing design since they were 19 you know yeah yeah so you're not alone and don't feel like you're going to be at a disadvantage because of it just make sure you play up all of the skills that you learned in your past career and and how they're going to fit in great advice all right where can people go to hear more good advice like this and listen to other episodes you can go to designlife.fm that is our website uh, you'll find all our episodes there you could also just go to your local podcast app and type design life into that and subscribe so that new episodes will be downloaded for you whenever a new one comes out, which we try to make happen every Monday, but you know, sometimes it slips. <laughs> yeah, we're busy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Design Life FM. Or if you want to have more engaging and deeper conversations with us and other people who listen to the show, then you can go to designlife.fm slash community and sign up there for our community. We'd love to have you in there. Yeah, it's like a monthly membership and it's very cheap. It's only $9 a month US. I think it's like seven pounds or something if you're in Europe because tax reasons. But it's a community chat. There's resources, there's live streams. It's a lot of fun. And I've decided I want to start a thing, Fem, where we just randomly shout out a new community member in an episode. Yeah. So today I'm going to say hello to Virginia who who joined us recently. Woo woo. We're happy to have you in the community. Thanks for joining the community, Virginia. Yeah. All right, fam. Hope you have a good day. See you next time. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.